right, Justin? Because of the shenanigans you did last week, this song question is worth two points. Sing me the song that I'm thinking about, and I'll give you a hint. Don't sing Kanye or Kelly, because you would be wrong. Uh, you have to be thinking of the itsy bitsy spider went up the water spout. Down came the rain and washed the spider out. That's a big no, Justin. No! So I knew that was it. You, you lost more than that point and a half that you so disgracefully got last week. <laughs> Man, all I did was what the director asked me to do. I was asked a, a song question and I delivered. How about you should have objected, Justin? You knew damn well <laughs> that that was against the spirit and the honor of the game. You knew damn well. You explain these rules on the fly, so how would I know the rules? You act like there's a rule book. <laughs> you just make it up, Justin. You know from playing the game for as long as you have at this point. You know damn well that just arbitrarily getting. A half a point, also a point and a half? Come on, Justin, that should have been your first indication that shenanigans were were happening, that something was a foul. When would I ever okay a half a point? And then Hmm. when would I ever okay somebody just getting a point for arbitrarily not doing anything? You should have objected, (laughs) Justin. You should have been like, I appreciate it, Heather. But I know that half a point will just anger the gods of the game. AKA Sterling? No, I'm just I'm just their their instrument. Mm. I'm just their chosen host of the game. That's all I am. (laughs) I do their will. Mm. And I'm just saying Justin should have known that, you know, he should have graciously thanked you for doing that, but at the same time gone, I know that I cannot accept that extra half a point. That should never exist. And on top of that, I would like to object to the point you are giving yourself for nothing. And if he had done those things, he would have appeased the game gods and not had issues today. Oh, man. And you could have kept your point. And I would have given you a softball question. That would have been like, Justin, you have pleased the game gods. They are happy with you. Just do anything you want, Justin, and you'll get a point. And that's what it would have been tonight. And only Heather would have faced the wrath of the game gods. But no. Both of you are in need of their justice and retribution. Oh, I am. That's pretty intense. Well, they drive a hard bargain, man. I mean, where's the Bible? Where's the rule book? Where's the Dead Sea Scroll? Where is it that tells me what to do? (laughs) Justin, the game gods work in the same the same situation as as the restaurant gods work. Uh, you would also know the cousin of the restaurant gods, which was the movie theater gods, because you know if you were ever working at the movie theater and you were like, "Man, it's slow," or somebody said that it's slow out loud, you knew that would anger the theater gods, and you would get slammed. You knew this, Justin. You knew. How they worked. Yet you did not need any, you know, biblical texts from them. You knew how they operated. Well, then I guess I would just have to 
humbly apologize to the old gods and the new. It's essentially my fault, Justin. So my bad. <laughs> but it's a little too late, late to seek forgiveness, Justin. That's why you had retribution and you got the minus two points. Uh, All right, Heather, your turn. Go. The song you're thinking about right now. Mm, I'm thinking of In the Jungle, the Mighty Jungle, the Lion Sleeps Tonight. I know that's wrong, but in keeping of the theme of the, the episode. You are absolutely 100% completely wrong, and you get minus two points. It sounds right. What was it? The song I am thinking about is a song called Say the Word by an artist called Valerie. I heard it on TikTok. It's a delightful song. So, man, I was so close. <laughs> Justin, I think we have different definitions of what the word close means. Well, the the almost God would disagree with you. The almost there is a God, God of oh, there's yeah. a God of almostness. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, Justin. I'm just saying. All I am is a mere tool for the God's will. Just don't anger him. That's all I'm saying. Just, just play the game with honor and respect. That's all they really want from oh me. boy, honor. Mm-hmm. And respect. That's it? That's the only stipulations? Yeah. Because in the end, okay. you might get them wrong, and you might get some negative points here and there, but in the end, if you're playing it with honor and respect, they will be merciful upon you. Mm-hmm. And uh, give you easy ones. Although there are times when they've given you easy ones. Like when I said just sing a song, and Justin went, uh, and couldn't sing one. <laughs> So, yeah, that's the almost God strike it again. And don't worry, he, uh, you didn't anger him, Sterling, with your response or your confusion about him because he, you know, it's impossible to actually anger him, but you can almost anger him. So, well, that's good to know for future reference. (laughs) Yes. Because I wouldn't want to make him actually angry. Because then he would no longer be the almost God. You can't be the God of almost if you actually get to something. Precisely. <laughs> On that note, I'm not going to almost play our song. I'm going to play it. Slayers. 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 Hey, fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. I'm Sterling, and as always, I'm joined by Heather and Justin. And tonight we are going to talk about what we like, didn't like, and everything in between with the Disney movie Jungle Cruise. We will go spoiler-free recommendations and scores and then into a more spoiler-centric section with time codes in the description to let you jump around if you so need to or want to or anything like that. So starting us off, spoiler free, Justin, go. Jungle Cruise. Um, 
I don't know, man. I think uh, overall this was just a. Uh, it was a. It was a decent family movie. Honestly, um, I found myself uh, entertained by the leads in this. I thought that um, Dwayne the Rock Johnson and um, Emily Blunt had good chemistry. So that's a plus. I, I did think that they were good together. So a lot of the banter back and forth, it was funny. It was entertaining. You know what I mean? It was, I was there for it because those two leads are very charismatic and they just had a presence the whole time on screen. So I thought that they really worked together. Um, the brother in this was also, I, I liked him. I, I thought that he was good too. Um, Man, I don't know. His name is escaping me. But. um, Like the actor's name or the character's name? Give me both of them. Lily's brother. McGregor was his name in the movie. And yeah, it's, it's Jack Whitehall is the actor. Jack Whitehall. That That's the yes. Yes. McGregor. I thought he did well, too. I thought that um in the role that he played, which is a familiar role, I think we've kind of seen that kind of in-between guy kind of role before but i thought that he did he did well too i thought that some of his reactions to things were funny and even some of his banter back and forth with the rock and uh emily blunt was good so i liked um all of that i thought the special effects were pretty good too I mean, there were times where maybe it was like, oh, man, it's a little much. But overall, um, I thought that it it was fine. You know, I thought that it had the look that it was um, that it was going for. Um, I don't know if they actually I I doubt that they they were actually anywhere that this might have just mostly just been in a studio, but uh, and CGI. But at least where they were, the settings that they were and stuff like that. I mean, all of that from a technical aspect looked good. So it really kind of gave you that adventure atmosphere. And I don't know, this felt like an older movie to me. Like it felt like like a 90s or early 2000 kind of adventure movie is kind of what it felt like to me. It had that feel where it's kind of corny, you know, you've got this plot and, um, you know, we're trying to get this thing or we're trying to get this MacGuffin and we've got these colorful characters and they, and some of, and they're kind of unlikely, they're, they're unlikely pairs and things like that. But the, but the journey and the want for this MacGuffin kind of brings them together. It felt very much like that. You know, it, it, it definitely was made, um, in the spirit of that. So I, I like the feel that this had. Um, it's also very familiar though. And there are beats of this that definitely feel like something out of Pirates of the Caribbean or maybe even The Mummy. Like those movies really kind of rose up in my mind as, okay, that character is like that character. This guy is kind of reminds me of this person or, you know, the the cursed people here remind me a little bit of some of the Pirates of the Caribbean characters. So there was definitely some parallels and I'll, I guess, get into more details of the spoilers because I definitely saw them. But overall, 
I think the movie does have enough charm and with the leads, um, they pretty much keep this afloat. It, it, they keep it from sinking and getting worse than it possibly could be, even though there are some problems and there are some logic things that I think are that, that are and some questions that the movie doesn't answer, but they're just kind of funny things like, you know, there's no way they're going to be able to explain that or how we're here or how these certain events happen you know there are definitely things in the movie that are problems but it's one of those where and this has kind of been the rock's mo or at least it's been a a lot of his mo lately regardless of the material he just seems to be able to elevate it you know he can make something fun even if where he can make a concept fun, or he can at least deliver a performance to where even though what you're watching is a bit silly, you have to kind of suspend your disbelief and stuff like that. You're along for the ride because of him. You're along for the ride because of how fun he makes the movie. And his character, Frank, in this just is the kind of character that makes a movie like this fun. You have to have a charismatic lead. You have to have somebody who could get us to sort of care for this character and be along for the ride. And the rock does that. So, um, so yeah, all in all, I thought that this was, um, this was entertaining and it's solid, man. You know, if you're looking for a family movie, uh, sure. Why not go see this one? If it's one where you're trying to go to the movies by yourself, I don't know if that person is like one ticket for Jungle Cruise. (laughs) I don't know if maybe you're that person, but definitely I could see families going to this and walking out enjoying this. It's it's a there's enough here. It's colorful enough. It's spooky enough at times, and it's got the the right leads to where kids will definitely enjoy this and there's ne- and there's never it's never too gory or too crazy to where a kid wouldn't enjoy this but the rock is good enough and emily is are good enough to where you you know the adults are not going to be pulling their eyes out by the time you get to the end of this though it could i do think it could have been shorter and there was one one thing that they could have done i think that could have made this movie a lot shorter but 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 other than that though man uh another solid um family friendly movie from the rock you know i think he does deliver again here heather what about you i think that emily blunt and dwayne johnson definitely seem to have fun making this movie i think that that translates to their characters and to the screen is that they had fun making this movie um, I do agree with Jason. I think that they have a great dynamic and a great chemistry together. Um, there are some qualities and some aspects and personality traits of each of them that I appreciated and that I liked that they did in the movies um, or in the movie. So it, it was just, but it was very, um, I don't know. It's definitely a family friendly film, but for me, it was mostly just run-of-the-mill like kind of slow and boring for me which is not something that i would typically say about a dwayne johnson movie (laughs) like i think he's great and i don't think he specifically did anything wrong in the movie 
And I don't think Emily Blunt did anything wrong in the movie or Jack Whitehall. He was good. I think he did a good job too. I think that it was just a very kind of bland sort of script and story in the first place. And it could be because we have seen it in other things and it's a little bit familiar and done in a couple of different ways in other movies that we've seen. So maybe that's why for me, it felt a little bit too, um, too familiar and just too like, I've seen this before type of vibe about it. Um, and I mean, if you're going for the, the family friendly side of things, and that's what you're looking for for a movie like this, this is a good option. You know, I think that it is a good selection to do for families, but if it's like the, the exact story or the specifics that they do of kind of the story they're trying to tell, we just have seen it in other things done a little bit better and a little bit more interesting. So I don't know. And I don't know what it is lately, but I feel like a lot of movies I've seen or that we've talked about lately have just been very bland and just very okay. Like, um, I do think that it would not be quite as good of a movie without the dynamic of Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt, because they really are so good. Like they, they are very charming characters, you know, and I think that they um, they really do everything that they can to make this movie and kind of elevate it a little bit more than it actually is. But again, they're just, it feels like they're very limited in what they can do to make this story not feel very familiar and bland in a way. Um, I didn't not like it, but I also wouldn't say like it's a must-see like Disney family classic type of movie, uh, which is unfortunate because I really kind of had a little bit higher hopes for this movie because of who's in it and all of that. And I've seen the comic relief or the, the comedic aspects of Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt to where you know that they can actually pull something like this off in a better way. But I just think that the script just felt a little bit flat of being something that was captivating enough to make me want to be like, oh yeah, this movie's great. So, um, yeah, I, I do think that the scenery and, um, all of that was really great. Um, I think, yeah, it, it definitely had the very, the very great feel of the jungle vibe and all of those things about it. And, um, very well-made movie in that sense. But again, it was, it's more the story that really makes it an okay movie than anything else. Cause again, there's nothing wrong with the acting specifically. You know, there's a couple of things in it that you're just like, Oh, that's a really cool aspect you put in the movie. But overall it's really, it's, it's just the story is a little bit flat in a sense. Um, they do put a little bit of a twist in it at some parts, which is, I will say I didn't necessarily expect that to be what it was, but at the same time, it wasn't something that I was like, oh my gosh, this is an amazing twist and new aspect on the story. So again, it's really just more of the story itself just feels very surface level to an extent of what they're trying to do. And um, so it, it could have been a better movie, but it's not by any means a terrible movie. It's really just, again, very right in the middle for me for this movie specifically. This movie is very perplexing to me because, like Justin said, it feels old. 
And I think the reason why it feels old is because of some of the movies that Justin brought up. It samples heavily from like Pirates of the Caribbean and the mummy and like the Brendan Fraser mummy, not the 2017 mummy. That one's bad, but it samples a lot from the Brendan Fraser mummy franchise and Pirates of the Caribbean and even a little bit of Indiana Jones sprinkled on top. Like it very much Mm -hmm. just samples from all of those films. So much so that this movie kind of lacks identity because of it. But at the same time, feels so familiar that it's it's not a bad time. It's just it just kind of is. And the one thing that does elevate it to me is the performances you get from Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Emily Blunt and Jack Whitehall and even uh what's his name? Plemons something Plemons starts with a J. Jesse? Is it Jesse Plemons? Yes. 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 Um yeah, so I think their performances have just enough charm in them to make you not hate the movie. Kind of like a lot of the good aspects of the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. When it gets into Pirates of the Caribbean 3, 4, and 5, those movies pretty much suck. But, you know, Johnny Depp, for whatever issues he has and all this other shit, brings enough charm to Jack Sparrow to even when he's doing the same things over and over again, (laughs) you just don't hate it. Like, I don't necessarily hate Jack Sparrow. I hate how they constantly do have him doing the same things over and over again. But while it's happening, you don't really hate it. It's just charming enough to keep it from crossing that line into just utter annoyance. And that's what a lot of these performers do. Like, I love Emily Blunt, but she was kind of like, like, haphazardly accidentally doing a lot of action sequences in this movie. You know, it's like she accidentally trips on something, but it does this and this and this, and that's how she's able to escape or some shit. And it borders on utterly fucking annoying, but she is so goddamn charming that it doesn't. Jack Whitehall's character him being that very posh gentleman, you know, always wanting the finer things and shit like that. It almost becomes annoying. Cause that's, it feels like that's the one character trait they give him for most of the movie. And it's just, it almost gets there. It almost gets annoying, but Jack Whitehall is charming enough to where it doesn't, you know, Dwayne the rock Johnson in this with him and his Stupid ass fucking dad jokes and this and that and <laughs> the, I kind of loved it, yeah. But he but yeah. it works because he's so goddamn charming. Yep. Exactly. And it fucking it, pisses yeah, me it off. It worked. <laughs> because nothing annoys me more than dumbass dad jokes. And exactly. I didn't hate them when he fucking did it. And then that pisses me off. Because once again, like I said, <laughs> it's almost annoying. 
but he's so fucking charming that it doesn't get there. Yep, exactly. You know, Jesse Plemons with that overly exaggerated fucking German accent he was doing the whole fucking thing. Almost got annoying. Almost was there. But he made it work. Yeah. And that was like the 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 commonality of this movie is it's just one gigantic ripoff after another after another with some charming ass people that makes it just fucking watchable as shit. <laughs> Not necessarily always enjoyable, but watchable. Yeah. You don't hate it as much because they make it work the way that they you do it. You can't you can't hate this version of these people. Like every single one of these people is just oozing fucking charm. Like this movie should have been called fucking charm bracelet. Cause that's all it was, was charm. <laughs> charm is what saved this movie. Mm-hmm. Like at the end of this movie or like at the beginning of the third act and everything like that, it, Without being spoilery, it heavily goes into another franchise. Like, well, franchises territory. And I was like, fucking, like, rolling my fucking eyes. I was like, ugh. And then fucking Emily Blunt or The Rock or somebody does something charming as shit. And I'm just like, ugh, okay. Okay. (laughs) Like, I want to hate this movie. This is one of those movies where I feel like it deserves my hate because in a lot of ways it was a fucking lazy movie. Not from any of the performances, but the writing and directing I think was insanely lazy and I want to fucking hate it. I just want to go off on like a midsummer level rant of breaking down all the fucking tired ass tropes that this movie fucking does. (laughs) But I can't. Because I don't hate the movie. I was just moderately displeased during a lot of it in the end. And then in turn, that makes me angry. I'm angry that I can't hate this movie. (laughs) Which just brings up other issues in me. It's just... Like, it's one of those movies where when it ended, I was like, you have no fucking right to do what you just did to me. Like... It had the audacity to do what it did. And it makes me mad because it shouldn't. It doesn't deserve it. And yet it did it. I think this movie does work very well on a family level. I could see little ones really enjoying this. I could see little ones really enjoying this, especially if they've been on the Jungle Cruise ride. I did appreciate that little homage. To the Jungle Cruise Disney ride at the beginning of this movie. Yeah, you know, I did too. When it had like the little hippo and shit, and the little girl's like, hippos aren't in the Amazon. And he's like, shh, shut up. And it works because, yeah, there's a fucking hippo in the Jungle Cruise ride for no fucking reason. Um, quick little fact just touching on something Justin brought up. Uh, the movie had a $200 million budget. 40 million of it went into building the real life set that was that beach or not that beach, that riverside town that they were in with all the boats mm-hmm. and shit. Okay. It was the, like the largest set ever built. Wow. They built that fucking town. Damn. Yeah. 
And I, I think it, weirdly enough, it kind of helps. Like, it feels like a more real place because of that in some instances. Yeah, it did. It really did. One of these days, though, they've got to get CGI, like, big cats down at some point. Because while that, there's a there's a jaguar in this movie. And while it looks better than any movie CGI jaguar I've ever seen, it's still not quite there. It still feels very CGI. They haven't quite got it yet. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just like the texture of the fur or something that causes it to not be lit the same way. Like they can't mimic the lighting of the real setting because of that or some shit. But it's not quite there. But, like I said, it's probably one of your better CGI big cats that I've seen. So, I don't know. Let's just maybe take a break from that, guys. Let's Let's get the technology figured out and then do it again. Um, I kind of want to go into spoilers now. So recommendations and scores. Yeah. Yeah. Recommendations and scores. Uh, Heather, go. Um, I recommend it if you are looking for a family movie to watch with kids and just as a family. I think it's a great option for something like that. I don't know beyond that if I would say it's not Emily Blunt's best movie. It's not Dwayne Johnson's best movie. It's not Disney's best movie. Um, While they do bring a little something to it, of course, just because of, you know, who they are. And as Sterling and Justin have both mentioned, just the charm of who they are. It works, but it works best as a family movie to watch as a family with kids and things like that. Um, Yeah. I, I would recommend it for that reason. Beyond that, I don't really know if I would say, yeah, this is a must-watch type of movie. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was decent enough, and it works, yeah, as like a family outing, you know. Um, I'm going to give this movie... <laughs> I feel like it's kind of been my standard lately, but I'm going to give it 50 uh, rose petals to bring you back to life out of 100. Justin, what about you? Yeah, um, pretty much. Yeah, I think that the 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 people that this is going to appeal to most are is just families looking for a couple of hours. You know, we're we're together. We're trying to blow a couple of hours, and if you can't do putt putt golf, or if you if this you know if something else is not in the plans, or we did that last weekend, you're trying to see a movie that you think might appease everyone in the family. I think that this is a solid option. You know, if you've already seen black widow and all in some of the other movies that are out, then this is probably a good second or third option that's out right now. Uh, I do think it is one of the better Disney park ride movies. Now that ain't saying much because there's been, I mean, uh, it's uh, it, obviously it's better than the haunted mansion and the country bears and <laughs> some of those other movies that there been, you know, uh, I, I didn't see Tomorrowland, but I don't think anybody was raving about it. Uh, what else? It's not the best mission to Mars. Okay. So Tomorrowland's not that great. Okay. 
you know, mission to Mars. I mean, like when you look at some of these, it, it, not better than the first pirates or second pirates. Obviously, it's not better than those, but the, some of those later pirate movies, this is better than those. So I don't know. Like on the tier list, you know, it's probably third or fourth on that list. <laughs> so I mean, not too shabby for these for a for a Disney park ride movie, which those haven't had the best track record. And it's just back to what we were saying. I think the biggest difference between those and this one is who was in it. The the charismatic, charming leads that it had and the people playing their roles. That probably is the biggest difference because the story, I agree with you two, is about the quality of those. (laughs) Those movies that I mentioned that this is better than. But like I said, man, The Rock and Emily Blunt, I mean, they, they... they put this over those. They keep it afloat, so to speak, um, which is the perfect reference given we're on a boat most of the time. Uh, so, yeah, you know, if you like them and, and they're entertaining, man. So if you're a fan of the, of those actors, I don't think that this is a movie that's going to sour you on them. If anything, you might even walk out appreciating what they were able to do with the material that was given. You know, you might actually increase your fandom like, damn, can these guys do anything wrong? Like, can they do any wrong? If they could come out of this and somehow make it enjoyable and entertaining and watchable and charming, what can they not do? You know, so I don't know. I feel like even if you're fans of them and you just haven't seen them in a while, you want to see some Emily Blunt, you want to see some Dwayne The Rock. And there are fans out there that just like these these actors and actresses. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you'll enjoy this. You'll enjoy seeing them. You'll enjoy The Rock doing the dad jokes and him uh, with his banter back and forth, and you'll like Emily Blunt's kind of quirky charisma. You'll you'll be down for that shit because there's plenty of it in here. So that they did not try to make these two something that they're not. They really just let them kind of do what they do on screen. So I will give the movie that. Uh, as far as a score, and eh, we're gonna go with we'll we'll, we'll go with um. Yeah, we'll, we'll go with 65 um, undead <laughs> conquistadors with snakes swimming inside of them out of 100. Yeah. It's just it's just the most charming, bland fucking movie ever. Like, in a way, part of it reminds me of like, like my grandmother's food because it's bland. But you loved it because it was your grandmother's food. (laughs) Like, it's that type of shit, you know? Like, it just, it's there. It serves its purpose because ultimately this movie's purpose is to make movie or to make money and to entertain. Not to necessarily be good. To entertain. And it does that. And it made a bunch of money. So, I mean, it hit the criteria for what they, they it was trying to do. You know, it just, and that's about all it does. Because it entertains. Not necessarily because it's, it's quality or anything like that. Like, the script, the directing, all that shit is just, 
the most basic ass paint by numbers Disney doing some bullshit movie. <laughs> but it's like they did a paint by numbers, and just in the end, the picture's kind of cool. Like you just did it, you just painted the numbers, and you're like, ah, oh, that's kind of a cool picture. That's it. Like, and what makes it a cool picture? Like, that'll do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like the colors that make it cool are like Dwayne the Rock Johnson, Emily Blunt, Jake Whitehall. You know, that's what makes the like. Those are the colors you use to make this movie, or to you know make that picture. So it works. But fuck it's it. like. Go ahead. When you go to a restaurant, I was just going to say it's like when you go to a restaurant and the food's not that great. But you like the server, like the server was funny, yeah. told good jokes, you know, you, you always had a refill, you know, he said he or she said something, you know, they always came and visited and had something interesting to say or re- responded to things that you would say. So you had a good time despite the food not being great, like. Almost to the point to where you might even consider going again because the server was that good. You know, you had a, a good experience despite the food not being that great. So you might actually go back. I think that's kind of what this was <laughs> in a way, you know. Well, I kind of, and this is no pun intended, but this is very much like going to the Rainforest Cafe when you were a kid. It's expensive. The food is garbage for what you're paying for it. It's just the most basic ass bullshit ever. But didn't you fucking love going to it as a kid because of the atmosphere and shit? Mm-hmm. Right. It's the, that. The plants and the, yeah, the colors and yeah. You know, and you know, every once in a while we'd have the rainstorms and the gorillas would be like, rawr, 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 rawr. and then like a jaguar would be like, rawr, and shit. Like, you loved that shit. But nobody ever went, oh my god, I need to go to Rainforest Cafe because that food is just delicious. No. I guarantee every time we ever went to the one up in Grapevine, my parents dreaded it. But they knew if they went there and overpaid for that fucking microwaved bullshit that we got, that it would just be enough to get the kids off their back for like a fucking day and a half. you know. Like the kids will be just shut up and just be content for a day and a half if we go there. God, we shouldn't have gone there. It's terrible. But yeah, that's what this movie is. Man. That just kind of reminds me of how much we used to go to IHOP, Justin. Like, especially me, because I went more than any of you guys, but you guys would join me a lot. And it's nobody's ever said IHOP's food is good. Because it's not. (laughs) Like, by definition, it's not. It just gives you Mm -hmm. nutrients, barely. But it does. Like, it qualified as as eating food. But I went there so fucking much that all the servers there knew me. Like, so the environment was fun. You know? Like, especially, like, I went there, like, late night in the smoking section. And there were a few other regulars there that it just kind of made a great environment and it was fun. And, you know, you would eat some food, you know, you could always get better food somewhere else, but you ate the food you got, but it was just fun to go. 
I mean, we were playing board games up there, and nobody gave a shit. They just kind of let us do our thing. It was great. But then at yeah. the same time, it was IHOP food. Mm-hmm. It was edible. Like, what you saw is what you were going to get. You know, you order pancakes, you'll get them. You know, and you'll eat them. They're edible, but that's about it. Yeah. But it was that experience that made it still worthwhile, you know? And sometimes that just matters more. It just, it does. <laughs> I mean, I can't explain it all the time, but it does. It, it matters, you know? Yeah. Um, For my score, though, I'm going to give this a 62. 62. Um, 62, Jesse Plemons and Jack Whitehall misunderstanding the word jungle because of uh what's his name's accent out of a hundred uh spoilers <laughs> yeah spoilers. could they have just not done the whole love story bullshit because that movie this movie did not need that at all that is was one of the things that drove me the most fucking nuts about this movie like I understand <laughs> yeah. they wanted to do the whole thing of giving the Rock's Frank character a reason to do another lifetime of shit, but not immortal the way he did it. But couldn't he have just done that because Emily Blunt's character inspired him to like look at the world in a different way now or something instead of they fell in love? That was one of the most unnecessary fucking things. I've ever experienced in a movie was them falling <laughs> in love. I just did not need that in the slightest, like at all. So much so that it fucking annoyed the shit out of me. It like up there with the level of Joseph Gordon Levitt's character being called Robin at the end of the dark Knight rises. <laughs> it's right up there with that level of, Bullshit fuckery. That's that I hated. A high level for you, yeah. Wow. At what point did he need to be Robin? None. He could just be the next Batman. That's fine. But they're like, oh, I like your name, Robin. I was just like in my head. I just screamed like an utter primal scream of "fuck you" at the screen. But I'm polite, so I didn't actually do it out loud. (laughs) But like this movie did the same thing when they were like they're falling in love and shit. And he, when he's, what was that line? He's like, I do it again for her or something. I was just like, fuck off. You fuck off right now, movie. I was so glad that I spent the 30 bucks and watched on Disney Prime or Disney Plus. So I could sit there and look at my screen and just say, fuck you, movie. Fuck you. Because I did. I said it out loud because I could bother nobody else but my cats while I did it. But fuck, I hated that. Also, I hated the fucking supernatural conquistadors because I don't know. I've only seen that like nine different times in the fucking pirates of the Caribbean franchise. Like, yeah. What the fuck was that bullshit? I I literally think I had seen those exact same CGI models from the pirates of the Caribbean movie. I feel like they legitimately just recycled them and threw them in this movie and made the action like, work around the animation they had already done from one of those movies. Because it was the same bullshit. 
And what was with the bullshit of The Rock being one of them and he's cursed too, so he can't die, just like the whole fucking Jack Sparrow thing in the first fucking Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Like, fuck, <laughs> man. This movie, I, like I said, was it wanted me to hate it. It tried to make me hate it. This writer and director, it's like they went in into like, like a little brainstorming session and they went, hey guys, what could we do in this movie? Just put everything in it that we can just to piss off Sterling in Chicago. <laughs> and then they went all this shit and they put every single goddamn thing in this movie, including so much so that like Justin said, they add a good 20 or 30 minutes of bullshit to it, which makes it longer than it needs to be, which also pisses me off. <laughs> Which then, like I said, makes me mad at Emily Blunt and Dwayne The Rock Johnson because I don't fucking hate them for it. I'm still like, oh, guys, you're charming. I like you still. Now I'm mad. <laughs> but, they, I mean, I just don't understand why they went, we are going to take every tired and bullshit trope we've already done, not only from our own movies, but from movies that are just the same as this. We are going to rip off our own ride-based movies <laughs> in this one. It, it, like, if I'm remembering correctly, The Mummy was a Fox franchise. Or no, no, that was Universal. Either way. So, um, whatever, they ripped that off. And, like, they ripped off Indiana Jones, which is a Fox uh, franchise. So, they ripped off one of their own with that. But, I mean... It's kind of hard to not do one of these movies at this point and not rip off Indiana Jones. I mean, it is what it is. But, God, they cannibalized fucking pirates. Like, cannibalized it. Like, straight up, they went and literally ate those movies and shat out scenes from in this movie. <laughs> like, because of the whole cursed bullshit which really is ripping off the first one, but then them being like mixed with aspects of the jungle, which is ripping off the dead man's chest, which is the second one. Yeah. So they were doing all that bullshit. Fuck, man. And then ripping off some bullshit from, I think, the fourth one, where it's like, oh, the whole founding of youth bullshit and that, where it's like the people were going and lost because they were trying to find the shit and they got cursed, which is this fucking movie again. Like, fuck off. God damn it, I am mad now. <laughs> I just need to go look at a picture of The Rock in his nice little waistcoat smiling and I'll probably calm down again. But still, like, fuck, man. And like I said, the cat did not look good enough yet. Ugh. And they were also one pants joke away from me, like, punching my TV. Like I said, this movie I agree just with that. kept trying to fucking annoy me. I just didn't quite always get there. And I'm like, damn it. Ugh. And it also kind of ripped off National Treasure now that I think about it, too. Ugh. Ugh. I, sw I swear, this movie did not have an original scene, and it's fucking, like, in anything in it. There's not, like, one original scene in this movie. Ugh. I'm gonna keep going like this, and I'm gonna, like, seriously keep getting pissed off if I keep talking. And like I said, I didn't even hate it, and I'm still getting pissed off. Like, fuck this movie. God damn it. When do you go? I'm getting fired up. I mean, for me, I completely get what you're saying, and I don't disagree with any of it. Um, I think that 
Yeah, it, it's really just the way it's funny that you talk about how much charm they have, but that's absolutely true though. And it really is kind of the driving force of what this movie is. And I honestly, Jesse Plemons is, I don't even want to say he's underrated at this point because I feel like he's getting a lot of roles because people are realizing how great he is. But for whatever reason, I still feel sometimes like he's underappreciated as an actor. Um, I just think he's so versatile and he can play so many things. And I think you know he's why? just great. Yeah. Because of that why? stupid murder storyline they did for like five episodes in Friday Night Lights. That's why. It was just so <laughs> dumb it tainted him. <laughs> Maybe. And it was definitely really dumb to put that in there. But, you know, as an overall, aside from that story arc in, the, in that show, he was one of my favorite characters. Um, but then you see him after that, you know, he plays like this crazy villain in Breaking Bad. And I feel like a lot of times he kind of plays a villain these days. But um, whatever he's doing, like he's just he adds just the right element or the right amount of funny and witty, um, menacing, but just still very likable. Um, and I just think he's so good. I don't know what it is about him. It's kind of like what you're saying with Emily Blunt and Dwayne Johnson. It's like, he's just a very charming, likable person. He just is. And I, I can't really quite put my finger on why, but he just is. It just works. And like, even in, um, Judas and the Black Messiah, you know, he played that detective or that cop that was just very, manipulative and all of these things and it just works every time in game night you know playing like the creepy weird neighbor he really can just do all he has so many things in his belt that he can just pull out and just do and i just really appreciate that you know he's doing stuff like this even if it's just silly fun or whatever or not even yeah i mean even if it's not like oh this movie's going to definitely you know, launch my career and launch my skill set. And it's going to be the one thing that makes everybody realize how talented I am. He still just really brings it, <laughs> you know, and I just appreciate that about him. And again, with, you know, Emily Blunt, like it's really hard not to like her. She's just a very, honestly, like they put every single most likable actor that they could in this movie, minus John Krasinski. Because I think if they had put him in this movie, it would have just been that much more like, I can't hate it. I cannot hate it. But, you know, they just, and then Dwayne Johnson, like we've talked about before, where he's just, he was voted genuinely the just most likable person in the world. <laughs> like, and that's absolutely true. And you see it in this movie. Like, there's no reason that people should really fully want to see this movie or like this movie, but guaranteed half the people that saw it saw because of him or Emily Blunt, but mostly I honestly feel like a lot of it was because of him. And you're right about the dad jokes. I think that, you know, I'm the same way that you are where I'm like, Oh my gosh, why the, the dad jokes, like dad jokes drive me nuts, but he does them and it just works somehow. It just like, he was doing it and like him laughing at himself with it and just really thinking he was funny Something about that was just really funny to me. So that worked as well. Um, I did feel like Emily Blunt and Jack Whitehall did have a good brother-sister dynamic to them. 
And I think that that really um, helped kind of at least bring that story more to light or just, I guess, really make it a more um, interesting or just a story you cared about a little bit more just because it was them. And uh, yeah, it just, I feel like every single aspect of what this movie is, is really just because of who they have playing these characters. And I, I do agree, like making uh, Dwayne Johnson's character one of those, you know, old conquistadors and whatever was super unnecessary, but I will say it was a surprise. Like, and, and maybe it's just me not knowing the backstory, not knowing the old story, not knowing what, whatever. I didn't see it coming. And I was like, Oh, okay. You know, it wasn't like a, Oh my goodness. This is the craziest twist I've ever heard of, but it was just enough for me to be like, Oh, okay. I didn't actually see that coming. So that works, you know, but, um, as a general rule, it is a very paint by numbers, you know, like you could see step by step where things are going to be going with it. Right. So it, um, yeah, that that's, there's just honestly nothing in it that you, you feel like you haven't seen it somewhere else. And, you know, and, and like I said, I think the scenery is great, how they do that. The cinematography is good, but it's just nothing that stands out. It's nothing that's above and beyond. It's nothing that's unique or very specific to this movie itself. It really is just like, you know, they did a thing and it worked because they got good people to be in it. Because I I really do feel like if they had gotten lesser quality people to play these characters, I would not have cared about this story. So I 100% agree with Sterling in that it's the charm. Like, it's like this movie has so many elements that make you want to be like, Nope, what are you doing? But somehow the people in it just pull it off. Uh, that's really my biggest takeaway from this movie, which can be probably an unfortunate thing. Cause I don't really, there's no real crazy substance to this movie either that I saw or no like huge takeaway or moral or, you know, anything like that really. So it's just a fun adventure to just kind of watch if you want something that is action-y. But again, more so with the family. Um, I think that I agree also about like the whole pants jokes thing, which as a general rule, again, anybody else making that joke about, all right, pants, come on, and calling Emily Blunt pants for the entire movie, it does not work. Unless it's Dwayne Johnson. (laughs) Like that is literally the only reason that you don't want to just, you know, shut off the movie after he said it for like the third time, you know, it it literally was like every other line had to be that. So, and I do also agree about the love story. It wasn't necessary. And I think that the outcome of the movie and everything that happened in the movie would have been exactly the same if they had not put that element in there. You know, like even the ending when it's like, oh, we're going to teach him how to drive and all this stuff. It's like, you could have done that without the love story part of it. You know, like it, it just, it wasn't necessary. It didn't add anything to the story. And I don't see the point and why they did it. So I also agree on that. So I, I don't know. I just, it's just unfortunate how unoriginal and bland the script really is because I mean, 
you you can't you you don't want to not like what the characters are doing again for the millionth time because of who they are and how they play the characters but it's it's really hard to think that the script alone stands anything like if it were on its own just standing by itself it just would not be anything it would be a lot of nope i don't care i literally care about nothing happening and that's just unfortunately more of the the feel and the vibe that i had throughout this entire movie was like i don't really care that much <laughs> like it's like i care because this is cute that you have this happening with these characters but only to the extent that you know beyond that scene i don't really care <laughs> you know um it it's just a very weird very just blah movie because of the script itself. Um, again, potential, like I think we've said with a couple of his other movies lately, potential to be so much better. Um, so, and also just actors elevating this movie and the script above what it would be on its own. So that's really my only takeaways is that I just completely agree about how this movie doesn't work without the charm of the people playing the characters. Justin, what about you? All right. So for me, I just feel like, um, as far as just, um, uh, looking at, I guess maybe like where it, I think it went wrong for me or definitely took a dip. Uh, probably the, the, the second half of it, probably like towards, the middle of the second act and then into the third act, I think is where, um, is where you just start to see everything, um, be so familiar to stuff you've seen before. It just really kind of like drives down the quality of it. But I really thought that the first, like, like the beginning of this, maybe like that first act and then maybe a little bit of the second act, I thought was good. You know, I really did. I th- I liked how the movie begins with um, you know, with uh uh Emily um unable to speak to that uh congregation of guys and everything, you know, being that she's a woman and stuff. So, having her brother up there, McGregor up there on her behalf and trying to appeal to these people that look, we got to go get this um we we got to find the this teardrop tree because it can help people and all that stuff. And then her kind of finding a a way of sneaking in there and uh, getting caught. And then all the calamity of that. And then the stuff with the ladder and everything and her dangling and then trying to get all, you know, I think when it first started, it, it kind of set up like it was going to be, it felt very like it did feel like an old action movie. It definitely had that kind of aesthetic to it. And I was with it, you know, I, I hadn't gotten annoyed yet or anything like that. I was just kind of like, okay, I get what this is going for. It feels like something like an Indiana Jones or like a, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. I think that you do have to have some familiarity, uh, w- especially with a movie like this, an adventure, like kind of treasure hunt type of movie like this i think that there is just going to be some familiarity with those things which i didn't mind at first uh i liked the scene with the rock you know us getting introduced to frank and uh sterling alluded to it 
But I thought that that was so cool how it was like the Jungle Cruise ride. And speaking as somebody who's been on the ride, I really appreciated that. I thought that all that was cool. The hippo reference and then how he had paid these actors and people to kind of be there and excite these tourists and stuff like that and acting like there was danger and stuff like that. He really was like the boat guide when you ride that ride. So I thought that that was actually a cool way to pay homage to the movie. That was a very creative way to pay homage to the ride that I didn't think I'd get. You know, that was like a nice little treat that I got at the beginning of the movie. So at first, I I was really feeling it. I was appreciating all that. And then there were scenes like in the town that I liked. Uh, Paul Giamatti is somebody we haven't spoke about. But even in his minor role, I thought was good. You know, I thought that him and The Rock and the back and forth and him like, where's my money, Frank, and all that stuff. And, you you know, and The Rock kind of being so the and him kind of being down The Rock's neck about his money and his boats and stuff. And The Rock kind of wheeling and dealing. I didn't have a problem with any of that. You know, are these familiar characters? Yes. We've seen kind of these beats before. But again, it's another thing where the actors are showing up and the actors are doing what they do and kind of making the scenes more entertaining than they had any right to be. But I thought that those scenes were entertaining too. Uh, the, the, the scene where they're in the town and the rock uses that, um, uses the ja- his Jaguar cat and everything. And they sort of have, you know, a wrestling match, if you will. And he kind of makes everybody think that the Jaguar uh, uh, is on the loose and on the hunt in there when really it was kind of a distraction to do something else. You know, I really thought that that was fun. I thought that that was a fun scene, too. And then seeing The Rock kind of outsmart them. So there are individual scenes of this that I really thought were good. You know, I found them entertaining and stuff like that. But all of that is kind of more at the beginning of it. And then even some of the conversations that the characters have. Y'all talked about the dad jokes with the rock back and forth and stuff like that. But that conversation that the rock has with uh, McGregor, or I'll just use a character name, that Frank has with McGregor. And, and you're finding out more about Lily, Emily's character. And he's talking about how she, you know, as a sister, she always had his back. And then he kind of reveals that, you know, he's homosexual and stuff like that. And that that was kind of that there was an issue where they grew up and that she, the sister, always had his back and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, well, so, you know, okay, so that's in here. It seems like, you know, at first it seemed like, okay, we're trying to do some progressive stuff. You know, we're going to have a a character like this and he's not going to be just a weak, useless character. He's going to actually get to do some stuff. He has some shining moments. So in a way, I sort of appreciated that, you know, at first. And then as it goes along, then it kind of feels like, okay, well, and then, but then there were, but not every scene was effective, I think, in doing that. And then there are times where you're just like, okay, well, why was the character that, you know, then you got to think by the time you get to the end, you're like, well, what, uh, did it serve a purpose? So 
while at first it intrigued me and I thought, huh, that's very thoughtful of them. But by the end, I was kind of like, eh, well, I don't know if that all really added up to what they thought it did. But initially, I, I thought it was, I, I, w- I was intrigued by everything that I was seeing and, and what was happening and stuff like that. And I did think that they did nail some scenes at the end. Uh, but the moment that it, everything started to get familiar, like when you get the reveal and, and like the, the conquistadors, they definitely felt like pirates of the care. I was thinking the same thing, man. This is like the dead man's chest and they're of the environment and they're kind of undead, but, and they're kind of these scary looking, uh, antagonistic characters and everything like that. I had the exact same thoughts, but I was holding out for the story. I was like, well, maybe by the time they develop them and get to the story of it and everything like that, maybe I'll appreciate them more. You know, you can have a similar concept, but it's all about the story that you tell with that concept. And unfortunately, it was just more of copying Pirates of the Caribbean and stuff like that. When it all comes back to this curse and, you know, all of it felt so Curse of the Black Pearl, um, Dead Man's Chest. So that was disappointed. I was like, ah, man, so we're not going to try to say something or do something different. You know, we're just going to pretty much do the same thing that we did um, in those movies. Yeah, and, and even... I just kind of love the idea of you sitting there and going, oh, man, this is very Pirates-like. But I bet they'll change it. And you just keep waiting and waiting <laughs> and waiting and waiting. Yep. And finally, at some point, it just clicks in your head. Man, it's the same shit. Yep. Damn. They really did just do the same shit. Like, that's really what happened. I was like, well, damn, we're not. Never mind. We're not doing anything different. You know, uh, this is literally the same shit, you know, so and and that was just very disappointing. Uh, Also, I don't know. I feel like that this had a villain problem. Like, I felt like there were too many. It it was kind of weird because as much as I liked Jesse Plemons character in this, um, he sort of was doing his own thing over here. And then you have the conquistadors over here. And it felt like they were kind of, at one point in the movie, it felt like Jesse was the main villain, but then that sort of shifted. And then it was the conquistadors and that never seemed to really flow or come together or anything like that. And I almost just wished they had just picked one. Let it either be Jesse Plemons or let it be the conquistadors. And I felt like you would have just cut a lot of that. We could have gotten to the same conclusion. We could have gotten to where we got. And if you had just picked one of them, whether it had been Jesse and he was trying to bring these people back to life and maybe like right at the end, he brings them back to life and tries to use them to beat the the rock and Emily blunt blunt and their crew or whether you know, maybe Jesse wasn't really, you know, maybe you don't have that character and it's the conquistadors somehow uh, back alive trying to get this thing too, and trying to, you know, they've been looking for this thing and now they're on the collision course with the rock and them. But I don't know. There needed to be some way because I felt like they 
didn't really know how to mesh those things together properly. So ultimately, this movie feels longer where it shouldn't have been. I feel like there was a way to condense what the villains were doing. And then you didn't have to have extra scenes of, okay, we've got Jesse Plemons over here. And then we've got the conquistadors over here. And I don't know. I felt like that that was a bit much. Uh, them doing their own thing uh, maybe if they would have just been all together maybe if he would have been with the conquistadors the whole time so we didn't have this split off and oh well i'm trying to betray you and the back and forth between them i don't know if well, well a lot of it didn't work because you know you've seen it before but i don't know if that story element flowed as well as they thought it did and i think that there was maybe a a way there to where if we condense something or maybe we just pick a group of villains and go with that, you probably could have shortened the running time of this a lot. You know, I think, I think that was a decision that should have been made, but they didn't. So I felt like there was just a, an overabundance. And as a result, I don't think you quite had the, the, what you thought you had with either villain you know, in this, whether it was the conquistadors or the, the Plemons character, I don't know if either one of those landed because you kept having to go back and forth showing what both were doing. And that didn't work for me. You know, I think they needed to combine that somehow. Well, uh, with that, Justin, I kind of feel like it was one of those situations where it's like every villain they had was like 0.1 villains. And so, you had them all yeah. up, and it ended up being like 0.7 villains for the whole movie because, like you said, they were split up too much. They never, there was no cohesive force with it. I, I don't know if they should have kicked one of the sets of villains out or whatever, as much as, like you said, combine them. Like, whenever those, when Jesse Plemons went to them and resurrected them or whatever and all that shit. They should have stayed on the same side. They shouldn't have done that whole I'm going to betray them bullshit. Yeah. Because then it made the yeah. ending a mess. And like, yes, if you had, if they were all teamed up together, couldn't they have collected like 90 billion of those little fucking flowers? If they worked together? But no, because exactly. they, split up they didn't get any. They all could have got yeah. what they wanted. He could have gotten a bunch. They all could have been cured from their curse. And they they had a legitimate, like, there was no need to split it up because of what it was. It wasn't like it was a finite amount of money or something like that. No, if they just worked together, they all could have gotten like a hundred flowers each because, you know, that snake guy alone could have had his little snakes run around and get shit. Or that vine guy could have just vined a bunch of flowers and shit, you know? It made no sense that they had that betrayal moment and split them up or anything because all it did was hinder all the villains' goals. And it wasn't like you just realized at the end that it did it. It was obvious that it was going to do that. Like it was obvious yeah. when yeah, that happened, it was going to cause that problem. So then the mm -hmm. villains didn't be they didn't become a threat. You knew automatically then, like we all knew their plan wasn't going to succeed because, you know, Disney movie. But give us, a, don't treat us like we're dumb and give them a realistic 
quote unquote family movie chance at succeeding. Like we know they're not going to, but at least go through the motions and make us think that, or not even think, just act like they could for five seconds instead of just dooming it from the beginning, essentially. Yeah. And and yeah. And maybe that's a better idea. Maybe instead of nixing one or the other, like maybe that was what it was. Just keep them together. Let them work together the whole time and let them fail together at the end. You know, then just because it felt so damn disjointed. But but I think you're right. If they had just been together and had the same goal and you had two lackeys, you know, you had your main conquistador and then the other lackeys. Maybe you could have sent them out, you know, maybe they could have been the first ones to go out and interact with uh, the Rock and Emily and stuff like that. But then they get beat or whatever or, or, or our heroes escape. And then they come back and now everybody's like, oh, damn, you know, they're out there. So, yeah, well, well, we're going to man up. We're going to be ready for them next time because it's going to be all of us next time. You know, maybe that that's what it needed. They just needed to be together, man. Like, don't have the separate motives and this, that and the other and stuff like that. And maybe it makes sense in somebody's head. Well, why would the conquistadors just work with him? You know, they would have ulterior motives. They were greedy villains too so would these people be uh work together and stuff i get it but just have them work together if you can't tell that story somehow that betrayal story and all that better than this then you just need to keep them together it would have just made your job a lot easier and i think it would have cut the runtime big time for this we could have clocked in at an hour 45 possibly if you had just done that, you know, <laughs> and essentially arrived to the same conclusion. So, yeah. Oh, I agree. Um, also, with the rocks uh, being cursed and stuff like that, it just raises a lot of questions. Like, I, I thought it was funny that, you know, he's he he's actually Francisco and all that stuff, but like had no accent whatsoever. I mean, I get that he's been living here a long time and stuff like that, but I mean, damn, you know, like if if that's who he really was and stuff like that, it's just weird to me that he didn't talk like them. You know, he didn't really speak with the same uh, Spanish accent or anything like that. So I don't know. I just found that kind of funny how he just was like. Not like them at all, but yes, I, but, but yes, I am a, I was part of his crew. So I just thought that that was kind of funny. And then if, okay, if you're living in this town, in this area, because you can't leave it. So you have to live there for that long of a time. Wouldn't somebody notice that you're not aging? Wouldn't the kid that grew up in that town and is now an adult and sees the rock looks the exact jacked damn same because you can't miss him wherever the hell he is because he's big as fuck. Like, wouldn't somebody notice that he's not aging? I mean, right. (laughs) I don't know. You know, it's just little things like that where it's like, okay, could he have really just lived all this time and nobody noticed? 
I mean, maybe. I mean, it's possible, I guess, if he had been discreet. But, I mean, how long did he do this Jungle Cruise thing? When did that start, you know? Was he only a few years into doing that? Does he take on other occupations? Was he a shoemaker the first 50 years? Then he (laughs) resumed another identity and, you know, disguised himself and then was a a carpenter. You know, I don't know, (laughs) you know, but uh, I, I just wonder how he was able to do this in that same area for hundreds of years. And not be detected. That to me, that was like a small miracle. Well, uh, so also, yeah, it also brings the point up that he's the first person in movie or story history that's lived for centuries and was poor, because everybody else yeah. that lives for centuries just amasses wealth because they're around for so long that they are just able to collect things mm. that become rare, and they can they always have money because of it. He's the first one that's poor. Yeah. How? Yeah. How could he have possibly have been poor? And he said he met all these people and made all these friends and lost friends and stuff like that. Nothing was gained from any of that. (laughs) Nothing. He just poor. He built that entire fucking town and he's poor. Like, how does that happen in a movie? Yeah, that's impossible. <laughs> so, yeah, there were all kinds of problems with that story. And The Rock was delivering a heartfelt monologue, and I was going with it because it's him, and I like him. But, dude, th- there was no logic in that at all. Like, if he had just been around this town for that long, th- th- I just don't know if his circumstances would have been what they were, you know? Um the, the only part of that I did kind of like was the part about him being like, you know, uh, maybe it's my time. I've lived long enough and I just think it, it, it's my time. And then kind of Emily's character kind of showing him that, no, you it, it doesn't have to be your time. And I do agree with you, though. If it had just been your reason to live is to explore, discover, now you can see the world in a way that you didn't see it before. I do think that would have been infinitely more progressive and a, and a, and a more like impactful ending than just doing the typical thing that we all knew happens in every like nineties adventure, vintage adventure movie like this, the guy and the girl just, they, they start off not liking each other. And then of course, through the journey, they're just going to wind up liking each other. You know, rather than just do that a million times, I mean, why not go for the more kind of forward-thinking ending? And and I think that would have helped this, too. So, yeah, totally in agreement when you guys said that as well. So, but yeah, I digress, man. I mean, other than that, I mean, there's I don't think there's no need to talk about any of the other stuff because a lot of it was the same stuff you've seen before. Have you seen a Pirates movie or The Mummy? Or anything like that, you know. I mean, the, the the female character, I mean, especially the mummy, like the female character that is sure of herself, then you know you've got the 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 captain, the the sort of like shady but charming captain that's gonna lead them where they're gonna go. 
a brother of a character that's very serious and probably shouldn't be on the adventure, but he is. I mean, you've seen this stuff a hundred times, but it really was just them. And it was those conversations whenever we weren't doing swashbuckling or whenever we weren't treasure hunting or running from undead people or anything like that. What really grounds the film is just when they're talking to each other and the characters and those actors and actresses just get to act and be themselves and stuff like that. You know, anytime that stuff was happening, like like the rock, uh, like the Frank rock character discovering um, the camera and all of that little stuff. And they're back and forth with that little stuff about the camera and the pictures and all of that kind of stuff. Any kind of simple thing like that where it was more on the actors to just do acting and we kind of got away from the special effects and stuff like that. Those are probably the parts of the movies that I enjoy, you know, and the rock telling his dad jokes. And then the other characters kind of reacting to that and him being like, I can't turn it off guys. Sorry. It's just, I'm going to keep doing it. You know, that kind of stuff really is what makes the movie enjoyable it's those moments that really stand out and kind of keep this afloat because all the other stuff you're just kind of sitting there going okay i know what this is i know what that is i know what this is in a nutshell so anyway that's it from me no i agree justin because i think to get rid of the love story i think it would have been incredibly easy because when frank and Emily Blunt's character. So when the Rock and Emily Blunt are having the conversation of, "Oh, you're the conquistador," or "You're you were the cartographer," of this whole situation, he could have just been talking about like how he's lived for centuries, and you know, with the original expedition, he saw, you know, good people become bad because of it, and throughout the centuries, you know, he's seen just centuries of the worst of humanity or something you know you can even explain why he's poor be like you know i was incredibly wealthy and you know a bunch of people stole it from me and did this and that i was betrayed by people and really kind of just go along the lines of i'm just tired of being around and dealing with this humanity like you might see me as an extension of that because of my shadiness and the lies and stuff like that He's like, this is just what I've had to become to survive still and all this stuff. And then you could have had like him want to, you know, and talk about how that's why he wants to rest. He wants to end it with this, you know, by breaking the curse. He just wants to be finally done with it. And you could have had, you know, Emily Blunt's character be like, no, like there's more to that and all this other stuff. And he'd be like, yeah, I know you say you're doing it for all the right reasons and all this other stuff, but. I've been down this road before. Like the guy I came here with was coming because his daughter was ill. And then he murdered people because of it. You know, you say you're it's this and that, but when it come when push comes to shove, what kind of person are you going to be? And then at the end of the movie, like when he's doing all that stuff and he's like, you know, he could have been like, Oh, tell her that, um, you showed me what's right with people or something like that instead of the for you I would do it or something like that and then have the whole thing be that he gets resurrected from the little flower thing and decursed with it and 
wants to have that life again because Emily Blunt showed him that it isn't all doom and gloom with humanity, that there is hope for people, that there are people that are good out there and that are willing to do the right thing. And that's what changed his mind. And you get the same outcome without the bullshit love story. Then also, like I said, you can explain why he's poor. And it just, it, to me, becomes a more hopeful movie instead of just also retreading on some bullshit again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it was just like the movie just had no interest in that. Anytime it seemed like there might have been a chance to do something a little more progressive or do something kind of make a turn like that or something like that. Uh, they just decided to do the same shit. You know, it, it really was just that. All that served was just to get us to whatever the, the cliche was that we needed to get to. And that's unfortunate, you know. Oh, because think about it. Like with the whole conversation the rock had with the brother on like he's like well why'd you even come here you know you're not this type of person and you know jack whitehall's character is going on the story about how she had always stuck up for him no matter what and all this other stuff that like think about how much more that would have played into oh instead of that being like oh i guess i love her now because of it it could have been like another step of showing you know, the whole hope thing instead of like that. You know what I mean? It could have been yeah. even more impactful. And I'm not going to lie with COVID and everything, and especially with now what's going on with it all, it's not the worst thing in the world to give a movie that's not some bullshit, typical stuff, and to have it just be kind of some hope. Like, it's not the yeah. worst thing in the world right now. Yeah. Yeah, like just a quick like, oh, there is some good in the world type of like, realization type of thing it could have been that instead of the love story yeah especially because it's still a family kids movie like it's not you know it's not like an academy award contender where it just feel cheesy no it's a family right. movie it's fine to have those little messages and shit in them yeah and that's a good reason to live because there's more good to see like you know you found us and we're good people and everything like that and we did a good thing but there's more good to be done in the world. There's more good to see. So why don't you live and let's do some more good things. Let, let, let's spread some more hope and goodness and let's go out and see more good things. There's a lot of good out there too. You know, maybe that is a better message, a, a lot better of a message than what we got. You know, I do agree with that. And it would have surprised me because it would have it would have been something I don't know original, and it's not even fully original. It's just original ish <laughs> compared to what this movie did. Oh man, and I and your characterization though, Justin, when like really referencing the month like the mummy, because especially the beginning of this movie, and this it's it's kind of why I said this movie to me doesn't feel like it has an original scene in its entire thing. It's just because like. The beginning of the movie is very much the mummy, you know, he's the scoundrel with the heart of gold, you know, the knowledgeable academic that's a woman, but nobody, you know, will give her anything or help her with anything because she's a woman. And then the, like the snooty brother that's too good to be out there, but he follows the sister everywhere because, you know, they're family. It it is just the mummy all over it. It's yep. just the mummy. <laughs> yep. 
you know, mm-hmm. and it's, it's so much. And then, like I said, and then they just go, all right, we're done with the mummy. Cue the pirates. And it's just pirates of the Caribbean for the rest of the movie. And you're just like, Oh my <laughs> God. But I mean, it's, it's still just annoyingly works. God, like, I can't tell you how much, like, I really can't express in words, which is bad for a podcast, but I can't express into words how much this movie frustrates the fuck out of me. (laughs) Cause I just, everything in my being wants to hate it. Just utterly hate it. Yeah. But they did just enough good little shit to make it work. Like, and as cheesy and as corny as all the jokes were and stuff, I did laugh at that that scene where Jack Whitehall and Jesse Plemons are sitting there, and Jesse Plemons is saying "jungle," and just Jack Whitehall does not understand what he's saying. I chuckled a little bit at that, <laughs> and I felt yeah, bad for chuckling at it. And I was like, "Why the fuck did I laugh at that dumb joke?" And I think it's just because, like, when Jack finally understands it. Then Jesse's just like, well, it's done now anyway. It's done. I'm done with it. <laughs> He's just right. annoyed, so he moved on. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I don't care anymore. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> right. it, it, yeah, that, that was a funny scene. It was. I laughed too and was wondering if I should have or not, but I did enjoy it. And see, that's kind of <laughs> what that happens in this movie. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Jungle Cruise. What am I going to do with you? Anyway, you guys got any final thoughts about this movie? Mm, No, I don't think so. Nah, the ship has sailed. (laughs) Don't be doing that shit. You're (laughs) you're not as charming as Dwayne the Rock Johnson. It doesn't work. It does not work. Oh, man. Come on. You do that and I go, fucking A, Justin, just stop it. I can't say that to the Rock. I can say that to you, though. That's how I know you're not on that level of charming. That I feel just completely okay saying no to you. Dang. I'm just saying, Justin, you don't... Your smile just doesn't hit like The Rock's does. I'm not saying you have a bad smile. I'm just saying it doesn't hit the same. Man, I gotta lift more weights then, I guess. (laughs) You gotta start working out your teeth. Doing little little teeth workouts. Teeth work out. <laughs> like you gotta, I don't know, you gotta get like the corner of your lips to go up like four more degrees or whatever it is. I'm sure there's some scientific explanation why his smile's so fucking charming. But whatever it is, <laughs> you gotta just get on Instagram and hit him up and go, look, I know people ask you for workout tips all the time, but what workout can I do to maximize my smile output like you have? And he'll be like, you know what? I appreciate that question. Because nobody ever asked me about my smile workout. <laughs> and he tell you a secret. Yeah, give it a go. Hell yeah. Give that a shot. Oh yeah. Gotta do that. I bet part of it has to do with going to the University of Miami. Just saying. You go to the U, mm. it just hits a little different. It helps. <laughs> U. <laughs> On that note, guys, thank you for listening to this episode of this Oh my god, I really fucked that up. Let's try that again. On that note, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Cinema Slayers Podcast. Check us out on the internet at www.cinemaslayers.com. 
or Facebook, where we're Cinema Slayers Podcast, Twitter and Instagram, where we're Cinema underscore Slayers, or Cinema Slayers Pod on TikTok. I've been doing TikToks. I've done, today was day four. I've watched a different movie every day and done a little minutes thing review on TikTok. Um, I'm going to do, be doing that till the end of the year. So that's four straight months of doing a different movie every day. I'm hoping I don't fuck it up, but so far we've got four movies in. So check all those out. Um, give us a rating and review. That'd really help us out. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, tell your family, tell your friends, tell your family's friends, tell your friend's family. But most importantly, tell those mothers because mothers really want to hear how frustrated as fuck as I am about Jungle Cruise because I bet they all feel the same way. I'm just tapped into their wavelengths. They get it. And uh, shout out to Plug Migo and Mundo Ochoa for our theme song and uh, logo speci- uh, respectively. And just remember, as always, according to Justin, Moon Knight is the best picture winner. Somebody The rock says, the rock says, the rock says, know your role and shut your mouth. Cut. Hmm, Fair enough.